and welcome to the next episode in Talia Ensemble's podcast series. I'm Tori Chia, production manager of Talia, and I'll be your host for this episode. In this episode, we'll be talking with composer Oscar Bettison, who has written a new piece for Talia called La Archaeologia del Neon for Chamber Ensemble. We just finished recording it this weekend at Octavian Audio, and we'll be excited to share the recording with you online for a limited time next Wednesday. The following is a lightly edited version of a conversation we had about text, socially distanced chamber music, how Zoom can bring us together, the joy and relief of any kind of music making, values in musical composition, the rehearsal process, and more. I think it's really tricky because it's like, how do you translate what is a live medium to, you know, a virtual experience? Like, can you even do that? Like, is there any, is there any purpose to do it? But, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think the approach that, um, I think the approach that, that well, you know, you know, with a, with with one performer, maybe there's there's some kind of equivalence, you know, but with a with an ensemble, you know, I think that you know, any more than sort of a couple of players, I think, I think the right approach, or sort of the more, um, I don't know. The, well, you know, maybe the right approach is, is is not to try and take it as being like a, you know, the equivalent of a live thing, and just it, it, it becomes something else. I think, and and, and that's fine. Um, I don't know if it, you know, it, you know, it's not a replacement. It's something. It's something different. I think, and that's. I think that's the right. That's the right approach to um, these things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard to define what that different thing is and what we're replacing the previous thing, if if at all possible. I mean, do you think that that is something that your students have started to define or you have defined yourself in some ways? Well, you know, I mean, one thing that's been interesting is, is talking about how, um, you know, uh, we, how one writes for an ensemble where, um, it's for, for an ensemble where the players in the ensemble are socially distanced themselves. Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? Um, and I think that, you know, I mean, one thing is that I think that, that or, or the type of music that lends itself to that, because I think that, you know, very, very kind of tight uh, counterpoint, very, 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 you know, very sort of locked in kind of stuff is really, I think it's probably kind of hard to do. I mean, if everybody's on a click, then maybe, but but it, it, it's sort of, um, it, it's kind of not, to me, it doesn't seem very idiomatic to that kind of ensemble, whereas that would be for a normal chamber ensemble. I mean, that's sort of like the sort of very, well, the sort of bread and butter for for, for, for for chamber music is a very sort of very tight ensemble. But I think that you know, when players are socially distanced and we're doing things through video, um, it kind of lends itself to something slightly different. And I think that um, I mean, I don't know, but I would imagine that more successful things are kind of kind of understand that more successful pieces sorry sort of understand that um that that's sort of inherent in the genre or whatever yeah i think synchronization for sure is something that we've had to deal with um for this this residency and also another residency that we're doing at hunter college um and not in a bad way actually i think it it, it it's interesting to think about like practical solutions for synchronizing things that should happen together and that we've been trained to know how to do together as musicians in the same space. But since we're not in the same space, kind of 
first of all, compensating for the distance, but then also maybe even rethinking what synchronization even means. With the Peabody composers, we've had some interesting back and forth about that. Um, I'm wondering if you have any, um, if anything has come up for you in this vein, in terms of like the value of synchronization, these kinds of musical values. Yeah. yeah, I mean, as I said, you know, when we, you know, when we started thinking, when we started thinking about the project, and I was, you know, you know, you, it's funny because you get to know some of these, you get to know these projects from, you know, teaching, so teaching students to how to work with these things, and but it's kind of weird because having never really done anything myself with this, I mean, because it's a whole right. thing for everybody. Um, as to how to how to teach, but again, yeah, I, I you know, I mean, as I said said like from the beginning, my initial um, thought about this was that synchronization would be something that would at least be different, if not, I mean, or I think yeah, you sort of have to recalibrate your estimation of what synchronization. You know, you have to sort of think, well, and actually, you know, I mean, uh, the thing is, I have, a, I, I, for me, personally, as a composer, I actually have a lot of sympathy for this I idea of things that are not exactly in sync. In fact, I'm, I've been working on a piece for a while, it's a big piece, that actually features this thing of things not actually being in sync. Um, this is, I mean, I started this way before uh, lockdown. Um, but it's kind of an interesting thing now. So I sort of, maybe I had a little insight into it just because it was actually something that I was deliberately trying to do in a piece, like deliberately make things sort of not be able to sync up. Um, and, you know, it so, it, so that's something that can be a feature of the piece. And I think that um, it's kind of, for me, um, in any piece of music, you know, writing any piece of music, if there's a, a kind of limitation there, if there's a, is, there's a well it's turning a problem in, into a feature right and and i think that's always a really interesting thing in, in composition is, is to take something which in, in the initial you know in the outset seems like a problem something that you have to kind of deal with or solve and actually making it rather than dealing with it like or solving it, it actually becomes a feature of the piece and so you know i did talk to students about um the synchronization thing actually being something that um, is inherent in the piece, and that the piece is, is something that you know maybe that that actually if it's ever performed live might might actually be something that you have to think of in a different way, and that it's kind of inherent to this kind of video format that we've all sort of um, you know got used to now, um, and that. You know, the live thing would be the would be the the anomaly and not the, the video thing. I think it's kind of an interesting thing. So I think these are kind of philosophical questions, but I think they kind of they are kind of practical as well. Um, yeah. I think the best kinds of philosophical questions or problems are the practical ones too. You know, it kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think yeah, because like with problems, right? Like, why is something a problem? It only depends on the context. Um, uh, which actually brings us to a couple questions that I had. Um, maybe first, would you mind telling us a little bit about what you're working on now, since you mentioned it? Um, yeah, so I'm actually, um, I'm working on two things, which is not, no, 
normally the way I do, uh, I, I work, I normally still work one second at a time, but given, um, you know, the pandemic and things being postponed and then things not, you know, and then things sort of not being postponed, it's sort of, I'm, I'm actually sort of doing two things at the same time. So one piece that I'm doing is I'm writing a piece for Talia. Um, and, um, and actually that's, that's what I'm really right now I'm currently working on. And, um, it's, um, I think it's a kind of, um, I'd say I'd call it, it's a, it's a, it's a, a chamber concerto, but like a chamber, chamber concerto, you know, because a chamber concerto is not really big ensembles. <laughs> and it's like a seven, it's for seven players, so, but it's a kind of chamber concerto, mini chamber concerto. Um, um, and the other thing I'm working on is um, an opera. Um, it didn't start life as an opera, so I'm going to give just a few caveats to this. I mean, it is an opera, but um, okay. for, um, um, for Asko Schoenberg in, uh, in Amsterdam, um, that, was, that was actually going to be, originally it was going to be premiered this past September, um, in Utrecht as part of um, Gaudiamus, and then later on in Amsterdam, it's postponed for a year, as everything is. Um, and so I'm sort of, I'm still, I mean, it's 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 pretty it's pretty close to being done, but um, you know, it'll be finished in the next couple of months, I think. Um, and that's so the really the really strange thing about this is that this is something that it sort of morphed into a kind of opera. It's for it's for two. Um, uh, two singers and ensemble um, and actually the the whole concept behind it is about it, it's about two people um, who are uh, let's say quarantined or some something like that in a room um, and they um, and they leave the room through these kind of flights of imagination um, and that's basically I mean I mean there's a bit more to it than that but that's the basic premise of it and so it's been um, and there's 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 stuff in the in the kind of in the musical uh, um, you know in the ensemble that, that has um, solos in the ensemble that, that uh, are not able to sync up with um, pre-recorded things that they that they've done um, uh, playing with the ensemble so and then there's a vocal line at the top so it's kind of um, it's it's very strange that this is um, that this is that I'm working on this piece, you know, because it was it was really going way before. Um, I mean, it was, I was already like halfway through this before COVID started, and then you know this happened, and it and it became something which was like very very weird to be writing something which is about being isolated in a place and being sort of you know or sequestered or something, and um, and then these other things about not being able to sync things up as well and it's sort of like really weird that this is happening <laughs> you know um yeah. and um yeah that's so i mean so anyway but that's that's so those are the two things i'm working on um yeah at what point does one have to define something as an opera what what defines that genre for you i don't know when people start asking what it what it is and it's the easiest way to <laughs> You know, I mean, at a certain point, it is. I think you know, um, the moment you start talking about staging or some kind of scenario, like some kind of physical, like space that is more than 
just the, the uh, uh, singers with an ensemble, and there's something else there, and the, the, you know, there's some kind of movement. I mean, not the movement, but it's not just movement. It's about thinking about like, oh, well, how would this look on stage, and how will this, you know, and then you, you start thinking, well, yeah, well, you know, I need to talk to a director, and the moment that, then, then, then the, you know, then the opera floodgates have opened. Really, you know, the moment there's a, there's a director, I think, um, but. Yeah, it's 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 strange. I mean, the I did a I wrote a piece um, a few years ago, which actually um, um, we just recorded in uh, in the Netherlands last month. It's a big piece for voice and ensemble, and um, that started out. I hadn't written anything for voice for a really long time, and that sort of started out as a completely different project. And I was going to set text, other texts, and in the end, I I wrote. Um, four out of the five texts, because one of the texts is a um, early English um, um, sort of anonymous text, and the other four are by me, and I'd never written text before, and that sort of morphed into the project that it became. Um, and this has also done the same thing, and I never planned to write an opera or write a libretto either. Um, none of this was like, um, not that I particularly had game plans, but there was this was never in a game plan. So, sure. so both of these things have sort of, you know, kind of evolved into, in, um, and so it's a, it's a, it's a strange, I think a strange thing, me and, um, and, and, and voice and, and, you know, the necessity of text, it, these things sort of take a life of their own, um, I think for, for me that, that it's kind of been really, and a really interesting, um, thing and to sort of find out about myself, <laughs> I suppose. It sounds like we're almost talking about responsibility, like the responsibility of a text and then three singers. And then what you said about um, once you have a director, you kind of have to check in with, you know, um, I think that's I mean, I don't know. Do you feel like there's a there's an expansion of responsibility or like a co-creation depending on genre? And that's how we define genre. I don't know. Um... I, you know, I think the idea of responsibility in text is an interesting thing because actually, um, you know, some of my problem with with, with uh, some of the reason why I didn't write vocal music for a long time. I mean, you know, there's no reason to ne that you necessarily have to use text, but but right. but but let's say that you are interested in using text. Is that um, is that I couldn't find any texts that I wanted to set. Um, because the problem for me has been um, that text, the, you know, I don't want to, you know, I look at things and I'm like, well, this text is kind of not very good, so I don't really want to set it. And anything that I found that I thought was really good, I didn't want to set it because I don't think it's it needs me, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've I found, a, I've read, a, you know, over the past few years, I've read a, a bunch of texts and really great poems by all sorts of poets and, and, and very I just couldn't find anything that if I thought it was good and I was like wow this is like such a beautiful text I just thought well I don't want to I want to leave it alone I don't want to sort of um, in a way like you know do it do do it kind of violence or anything like by by um, by you know it just it, it, it you know it's sort of self-contained and it's sort of perfect and I'm and I wish I could have written it I, I'm in awe of it but I don't want to do anything to it that would be you know um, so that was my problem for a long time. And then 
and then I yeah with this other piece I started um, I started drafting um, I had a, um, originally a friend was going to write a text for me but um, that it didn't quite work out as a project changed and um, and actually um, they went on to set their own just text themselves and they did a much better job than I could have ever done with it so um, so it sort of worked out really well in the end but for me I just started I started writing a text um, to go with what I was writing and then and then it became this thing that you know I now I mean I don't want to do it exclusively I would have, I'm very happy to work with a with a librettist or a writer in, in, in another project but just these things sort of have, have, have gone this way and so you know I feel much better um, working working with my own text because um, I don't I do think it's definitely text that's meant to be set I mean it, you know um, I sometimes write things and then write bits of text and then start working on the music and the text changes with the music and, and things got you know they kind of kind of um, they kind of pull each other in, in different directions um, but I feel much better about it because I can do whatever I want with the text because it's my text <laughs> and um, so that's a w weird thing yeah so the responsibility of what you do with the text it's it's suddenly you know it's fine when it's yours yeah it's fine when it's yours I mean, it's, it's, but is it, you know, not that I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm disagreeing necessarily, but it does actually make me wonder, like, just because you make it, is it okay to keep changing it past a certain point? Um, well, it depends what that point is. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I think, well, I mean, cause I would change the music, you know, the music changes, right. you know, and the text sort of, so they pull each other, they, you know, it's like a kind of, you know, um, like a kind of tidal pull, you know, they kind of, one influences the other, and then I, you know, and I write these things, I think, oh, this is, I really like this text, and I try setting it, and I'm like, why did I write this word? This word's horrible to set. Um, it's, you know, it's no, <laughs> you know, it's, and there's too many words here, you know, and then I think, well, can I put it a different way? And then I think, actually, this word is, is, is a really nice word to set, and it's a, it slightly changes the meaning, but the music has kind of got me to this place. And so, you know, then it becomes much more, I think, of a, a relationship with text that I think um, happens in, 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 you know, in other genres. It's more like, you know, for want of a better term, popular music, you know, where, you know, the, the, you know, the idea of setting somebody else's text is, it happens, but it's, it's much rarer than sort of you, everything comes, you know, the same person mm -hmm. does both, you know? Um, and, you know, and they kind of come at different times sometimes. And, and, you know, you sometimes come up with some words and then you get some music and then they, and they, they do this, they do this kind of dance together. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's sort of, that's really how I feel about, about that um, in my own writing, that it, it becomes much more like that kind of um, relationship of music and text. Mm -hmm. It's just another parameter that you have to, you know, deal with, I suppose. I mean, with yeah. bands and with popular music, um, not that I've, I have extensive personal experience since I've never actually been in a band, but from what I understand, um, some often people, often bands will write music or write songs together. And so you have, you know, that spirit of collaboration, yep. you know, that arises, which then manifests in the, in the sounds, melodies, harmonies, whatever, lyrics and things like that. I think, I don't know, it's, we don't have to dwell too much on the isolation part of things, but as a composer working alone, oh, you know, 
on the on the score, you know, or at the, at the computer anyway as a default sort of mode of being. Um, is it any different for you now, just the, the actual work itself? You know, what's really, what's actually kind of weird now is that it's much easier to try things out with people. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. You know? Yeah, could you tell me more? Yeah. Well, because, yeah, because you can, you can sort of go, um, uh, you know, talk to performers and go, um, can we try something out? And they go, yeah, sure, I'd like to do that. <laughs> And like, bef I mean, it's not that you couldn't do that before, but you feel like, oh, well, you've got to figure out this time, and then, you know, and then do I really need to do this? And maybe I can just write them an email, and they can write back. And, but, <laughs> but, you know, you can do this now. And, and, and you know, I've, I've, this has happened a few times. I've just sort of, you know, messaged people or, or, or emailed people, and I'm like, oh, do, do, do you want to get on Zoom and try this out? I, I mean, it's come from the performance. Like, they offer, let's try this out. And, you know, this is beautiful. So actually, weirdly, um, you know, well, maybe not weirdly. I mean, maybe maybe it's because everybody, you know, in a way, people are around, and you know, people are just, you know, at home so much more. Mm -hmm. And also that it's just nice to have a kind of human interaction, you know, and like a different kind of human interaction. And just like, sure, I'll try something. Out. I'll get on Zoom for twenty minutes, and that'll be that'll be a different, you know, thing in my day, kind of thing. And it, you know, so maybe it's not maybe it's not that weird, but it does seem weird in the big in the bigger context of of how we're meant to be more isolated and somehow in a, in a weird way, um, we're, it's actually easier to, 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 to do these things now. Well, it sounds like that social, I don't know, expectation or almost etiquette of like, is it okay to ask if we have a workshop? You know, that that's not really, it's, it's more okay now, it seems like is what you're saying. I think so. I mean, I think it's just nice to, I mean, you know, I think everybody, I think everybody's had this experience of just like some music making, you know, like, you know, I mean, I would not say I'm, I, you know, I think a lot of, you know, if you go to a lot of concerts after a while, you sort of go, well, I've been going to, you know, I go to so many concerts and you've got to go and I'll do the thing and, you know, and it's like the concerts become kind of, you know, there are great concerts and there are, you know, concerts that, you know, uh, I don't know. It, 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 sometimes going to concerts back in the back of the back in the uh, back in the day, let's say, um, <laughs> could be could have sometimes felt like you know it's a thing that you do, yeah, rather than like the sheer enjoyment of it, right? I mean, I think we've all had that experience, and now just any kind of music making, anything is just a is just a, a thing of beauty, you know, a thing of wonder, just mm -hmm. anything. And so that that's sort of I think that's sort of part of it, you know. I mean, just just doing it, doing anything. Let's try, you know, like it just some to make us feel like we're like normal, you know, like we, we are who we used to be, you know. Um, I think it's a really uh, actually kind of a really fundamental thing, you know. I mean, it, it, you know, people. Have, there's all these essays about, you know, whatever articles about, you know, lockdown and what, what it's done to people. But some of it is just you really kind of come to appreciate, like, I don't know, just really basic things like music making, you know? Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. It's not that you didn't appreciate it before, but it's just, it's just different perspective on it. So, you know, I just think that that's, a, that's sort of part of it, you know, the workshop, whatever, try things out, whatever it is. It's just like, well, yeah, I want to do that just because I want to make music. What is it about making music? Can we break that down a little bit more? 
I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I mean, <clears throat> it's what we do, you know, without concerts and without rehearsals, you know, which is a thing that's really, I mean, a really great thing. I love sort of rehearsing and almost prefer it more, more than concerts, actually, with my musical actions, rehearsing. Yeah, I understand. Um, you know, just working with working with, with, with performers and, 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 you know, that not happening is a bit like you're not allowed to do it. Feels like a bit like you're not allowed to be like like yourself. There's something that's sort of sort of so fundamental to uh, you know you as a person, and that's sort of, I mean that's sort of what it is for for me really. You know I mean I, and I get I you know I get a, a huge amount of energy from um, from from rehearsals. You know and like working you know when you know. The first rehearsal, yeah, you know, it's always, you know, composers always hate first rehearsals, but then you see a piece coming together and, and you know, and, it, and it's and just working with, you know, incredible performers who could just do these things and it all comes together and, and there's a real kind of collective enthusiasm about stuff and, and it's just like, it's really, really, it's, you know, it's energizing and it's sort of why, I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's not why I write music, but it's like, it's a fundamental thing to, 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 to writing music for me is, is working with performers and just not being able to do that, not being, you know, and the concerts are obviously the end product of that, but like all of that just going away is, is, um, yeah, is, 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 is hard. Yeah. I'm just curious what for you are important values in making this kind of music? That's a really good question. Um, maybe I can start start my start off by saying that you know in this that you know I think of myself as a musician who writes music, and I think that like the the, the term composer is a bit you know it's like the the, the one that we have, <laughs> um, but it's it's not. I don't know. I, I really, I really think of myself as a musician who writes music. You know, I, I, I you know, like m many composers, I started off as a, as a performer and I, and I really love the, you know, we've been talking about this, but the interaction with performers, but I think it's, you know, what's the, the value is, is, is trying to, um, you know, really, I don't know. Um, I think it's. I think it's really nice. You know, when you can have a relationship with with performers where there's a kind of mutual trust that you can, <laughs> you really push. You know, you really push yourself as much as you can. You know, in in the piece that you're writing, and then, you know, you know that you're going to push the performers too, but they're okay with. You know, and that's right. you know, you're okay with that, and you're both like, you know, and 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 sometimes you know you write things and. This has happened to me a few times. That, you know, I've given things to performers. Like I don't know if I can do this. No, I, <laughs> I think you can. And I sort of go away, and then you know, a little bit of time later, they, yeah, all right, I can do it. You know, mm -hmm. like see, I knew you. You know, and that kind of, I mean, that for me, that's a, that's that's a, you know, that's that's sort of, um, that's a really wonderful thing. And not that I'm just about trying to push to the end of you know to limits but there is but there is you know it, it is sort of great when you can kind of um learn something about yourself and maybe maybe 
as a result of the process, maybe the, maybe a performer learns something about themselves as well. That's a really that's a really um, kind of profound thing, I think. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if that's a a value, but maybe the yeah, that sort of mutual trust and respect is is something that's you know. But that, that's hard, you know, when you're t with students, you know, if you're you know, a lot of us comes from having like relationships with with, with performers that go you know for years i mean i you know we were just um on one of our uh, other virtual residencies at, at peabody we had um uh, two performers who were um they have a duo but they're um pete harden and saskia lankhorn but they're they're also founding members of ensemble clang in in, um, in the netherlands and i've worked with them for nearly 20 i mean 20 years i've known i've known them for 20 years and mm -hmm. you know we've been working together for almost all of that time um, and so you get a very different relationship with, uh, with, with, with performers like that, or if you, you know, or even something, you know, that you've worked with people over a few years, you still, there's still something, there's a sort of, um, a different kind of thing if you come in, you know, cold, so to speak. So, right. you know, that's sort of different with, that's sort of different with, you know, when you're, with, when you're teaching, I, I would say that, you know, I mean, I think that, that maybe, um, you know, with teaching and, and students, I think, I don't know, I mean, it's important to um, try and write the best possible piece that you can, and not just the piece that you can, the best piece you can write in the time allowed, because you have plenty of time to write that piece, so maybe you should start writing the piece and not, like, not write it for three months and then, you know, do it all in, like, two weeks. You know, so maybe... <laughs> Is time management a value? I don't know. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, then that's something I think is kind of important, you know, and, and, and working on, um, you know, working working on the on the piece, uh, working on ideas and working on, uh, rather than just, you know, right from the beginning to the end, here's the piece, the piece is done, give it to the performance. Um, I think that, you know, I mean, if that is the way that you work eventually, that's fine. But I think as a, you know, I was trying to instill in my students, so... Uh, um, you know this idea of the, the, the you know we have to that ideas of things that could be worked on uh, and can be um, you know the, the first thing that you write down isn't necessarily the best idea it's just the first thing you wrote down and then we can kind of work on these things and that you know maybe even when you get to the end of a piece maybe that isn't actually the piece finished and that there are maybe mm -hmm. you know so I don't know I mean um, sort of a what maybe part of a talking about the working process is something that's um quite important um for me but it, i think that you know i mean the the performer equivalent of that of course would be the uh um practice you know and rehearsal um so that, you know the, the for me you know i think a lot of um composing is sort of uh the 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 equivalent of practicing you know it's like gradually putting things together and, 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 you know, and you don't just skip over the bit that you can't do. I mean, maybe you do at the beginning just to get some confidence, but then you have to right. like deal with it. And maybe that's something that you have to like focus on for a bit. And all these things are like, I think they I think they have their equivalents in, um, uh, in composition, but, um, so yeah, maybe that's a, maybe that's a, um, uh, another thing. Of course, the other thing is, you know, when you work, work with, um, actual, like the, like a rehearsal technique for composers is something that's quite important, you know. Mm. And uh, knowing how to—I mean, some of this is like 
really like what they call people skills, right? I mean, that's a lot of it. It's like, yeah, you know, it's this is not like uh, profound, you know, stuff. This is sort of like, you know, treat people with respect, you know, be, you know, try and understand why they, you know, um, might be asking you something, you know. Oh, I mean, one huge thing for composers, of course, is preempt all the questions preempt questions in, in like before they happen right so that's what you sort of you know you have to kind of you know it takes years to kind of figure that out and if you I mean I don't know if you've ever come to the final you know place to go with that but you can you get better and better at sort of seeing what a performer might ask and then making sure that you're clear about it before they you know before it gets to the rehearsal process so then you have an easier rehearsal process and sometimes if you have a difficult rehearsal process um it's your fault you know mm -hmm. so that's that that's something else um we talk about these things a lot i think i think rehearsal um the rehearsal process is something that that that's really really important for um for composers to learn as well it sounds to me like you're describing how to have a healthy relationship or like work towards building like the everything you need to then carry off a healthy relationship between composers and performers, but also between composers and, you know, in the field, because the rehearsal process that you're describing or, you know, preemptively anticipating problems and knowing where you stand on the problems before you are asked that question and being clear about it. It really sounds like um, a value we're talking about is knowing yourself, knowing what you want out of your music. And then same thing for a performer too, right? Like knowing what you can do and what you can't do. And if that's specific and personal to you or to, you know, the instrument or something like that. Yeah. And also, I mean, I think being open-minded as well is a really important thing. So, I mean, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, this has happened, I don't know, countless times that I've written something and, and, uh, and a performer said, you know, yeah, I can do it this way. Can I, you know, can I show you another way of doing this? And, you know, yeah, sure. Show me. And I think, well, yeah, that's 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 better than what I, but better than what I wrote, you know. I like that. Or sometimes I don't. But like, you know, a lot of the times it's, oh, that's cool. Like, let's change it. Mm -hmm. You know, I like this more. That was just more. In, you know, I don't know. And 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 being, I mean, I you know, I think that being open with that and, and open minded with that. But I think that also comes from, um, you know, be, that comes from comes from being confident. I think. You know, like the, having the confidence to actually um, be open. You know, so that maybe that's sometimes a little. That can be a little bit difficult for um, for like younger composers because you know they have their idea and they, you know. And then, um, but you know, I think for me, you know, increasingly, I'm really interested in what happens if you know put this you know put this thing and then you know. Uh, and then the performer says, yeah, can I show you this? Like, yeah, that's, you know. And even if I don't like it and I don't want it, it's still, I've learned something. And I, I think, I mean, yeah. that's that's a, maybe the, maybe the, what I'm sort of dancing around is the, is, is the, I think as, as a, as a composer, if you want to, if you really care about what you do and, um, and you're serious about what you do, um, you, you have to realize that you are, always a student you know and no matter how old you are or how long you've been doing it or or whatever or you know 
whatever these things or whatever the accolades or whatever it is, you know, you're still a student and you're still there to learn and that you can always learn from, from, from almost any situation. And that, you know, I, I think that's really important actually. Mm -hmm. So these values of open-mindedness and collaboration, people skills, I mean, that's a big one. It's, it's yeah. not some that whenever gets taught in, uh, in academia, but, um, how do you think, I mean, in your opinion, how do you think that formal education can serve these, I don't know, life values, but really musical values better? Do you feel like formal education, as you understand it, um, really creates a space for students to learn music like this? And if not, you know, how could it do that better? I mean, I think that the one thing that, um, you know, I mean, I, I keep on talking about how how much I love working with performers, um, but I think that that's something that is kind of, you know, I'm very grateful that I can, uh, that I that I that I teach in a music conservatory where uh, performance and the performance of composers' uh, pieces is like central to what we do as as a, as a department. You know, the, you know. Um, in you know in in other other forms of academia you know when you're not in a music conservatory you know i mean uh it can be harder to work with performers and 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 and, and i think that you know i mean if you um you know it's funny so, so somebody wrote a while ago when they were um asking about um applying to people and they said well you know there's a computer music department and there's a composition department and and how are those different? And you know, there's some other, there's some other kind of, sort of departments in there. And I said, well, you know, the difference is that our focus is working on perform, working with performers. And it's not that we don't do things with computers. I mean, it's not that you know. I mean, not all of us are in the faculty do, but most of us have done something with some kind of electronics at some point. Um, and um, you know, but our primary focus is working with performers. And I said, that's the difference between, you know, and it's not that in, you know, a computer music department, that they're not working with performers, but that's not the primary focus. And, you know, and I think that that's sort of how I, you know, how I kind of define what, what we do. And so I think that that's sort of part of, of, of the whole, you know, thing that we're talking about, that that's how, um, you know, if, if student composers get to work with performers and different kinds of performers. I mean, it's really important for them to work with their peers, really important. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes actually probably more important than working with professionals because, you know, when you work with professionals, professionals are there to do a job and you normally do that job very nicely and very well and kind of just sort of do it. Whereas, you know, when you're working with your friend and, you know, you're pretty good friends, you might get a lot of pushback there, oh, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. And uh, you've got to learn that. You've got to, you know, of course, you know, the, as you, as you, you know, as, as, as um, the interesting thing is as professional relationships as you go and then they become, you know, personal relationships because they always do, you know, mm -hmm. um, then you get, you know, then the pushback becomes very different, but it's still kind of like, you know, then you, you might, you know, still get a bit, you know, maybe you get more of it than you, you do when you first, you know, sort of when you know performance really well, I go, yeah, all right, you know, 
I see what you're doing here, you know. And just give, you just w want to let you know that you've written something really tricky, you know. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, you know, when you don't, you know, m maybe when you're just writing, you know, just working with a performer and you're a student and they're a professional, maybe they just sort of do it, you know. And you know, so as I say, but you're working with a, you know, or working with. I mean, one really important thing, and I think that, you know, um, we, we talk about this. Uh, uh, quite a bit, especially when we're sort of um, when we're talking to prospective students. But you know, when also at the beginning of the year, you know, in a music conservatory, you know, there are all these performers around, and composers. I mean, unless unless for 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 for, for some reason, you know, the undergrad, whatever violinists or whatever. Let's say violinists as an example, um, uh, already have a burning desire to play pieces by living people um they um composers are making the new music performers of the future by virtue of the fact that they go up to somebody in the cafeteria or whatever and say will you play my piece and you know they say yes because they made a mistake and they never want to do it again or they say yes and they made a mistake and they think actually this is kind of fun you know and then they want to play somebody else's piece and then of course you know, once somebody plays like one or two pieces and they become known as like the person to approach, you know, so then they get all the gigs, you know, playing this thing. And then they, oh, and before they know it, they've become a new music performer. And, and of course, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of learning that goes in with that. But 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 most of the time that, that impetus comes from composers, you know, and um, in this situation. So just sort of understanding that that's the kind of, um, I mean, I, that's the ecosystem, that's a really healthy ecosystem i think so you know knowing that that's uh, that that's the way that things go i think is um uh is, a, is an important thing too yeah something that we're interested in exploring is how we can make this field more open to people who aren't already in a particularly elite and privileged um, level of access to education or even understand what classical music is or that classical music is there for them or that a composer can be anybody. Um, I don't know. I mean, in an ideal world, what would you like to see towards that aim, given the system that we're working in? I know that's a really big question. Um, Yeah, I think I think some of this is sort of cultural, you know, like um, like specific um, to the United States. Um, or some of the issues are kind of specific to the United States, in as much as like we have this, you know, this is <laughs> this is sort of giving an answer, like saying, well, it's not none of our faults, and it, it's not that's not what I mean, but like, but but I think that we can't ignore the fact that that um that classical music in the united states is seen as an elitist thing and it's and it's perpetuated by you know it, uh, these you know these bit you know these elitist institutions and stuff like that in a way that like that isn't necessarily the case in in, in other countries you know that it's not it's not um it's not necessarily um, a class marker, let's say, 
you know um i mean it i mean and that comes down to education you know i think a lot of it and and you know like really early education um and you know access you know access to things and and, and um yeah i i was just i mean because i'm because i'm you know i I, you know, I wasn't born in this country, and I, you know, I only came um, to the states for grad school. It's sort of uh, something that I, I, I kind of find um, um, it's always sort of it's sort of always on on my mind is 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 this is this thing of of um, the lack of. Like the education system really doesn't allow for this, you know, and like when even and that's true of the UK. I mean, things changed in the, you know, in the UK where, you know, they stopped music lessons, stopped being given in certain, you know, in schools like, you know, it just it wasn't seen as an important thing. And so and it used to be, you know, and when, when I was a, when I was a kid, you know, I got I got into music through sort of I mean, you know, my my dad. Um, played violin you know took it up again when I was when I was small but his dad played violin and it's just something that people did and everybody had an instrument around the house at, at, at a certain point you know um, and you know it's it, it, you know and there was sort of you know working class people I mean it was you no know, nobody nobody had gone to university or anything like that so I think that, you know that's, that's the thing for me is that the, the, the is that the um, it's almost like you know this the this thing has become more elite, you know, rather than rather than um, rather than less elite, you know, because of because of stuff in the education system. So that's something that I always come back to. I don't know. I don't know if that really answers your question, but it's just something that really is always on my mind about about all of this. It's just that it feels, um, and maybe this is a really depressing answer, but it just feels like you know that the, the the tide is always against. Uh, against any of this, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, when we when we interview um, students, um, you know, the difference between us and say performance department is that with composers who are applying for undergrads to be undergrads, um, the the I would say the vast majority of them. You know, they have to like send in three pieces. Those are the only three pieces they've ever written, and they mm -hmm. only found out what a composer was six months before um, they uh, are sitting there in an interview uh, with us. And um, you know, and if they if they have any more experience than that, th um, there's probably it's got to do with um, socio-economic uh, reasons or geographical reasons so you know they either like that that they were they're from a you know they're from a background where they had access to something or they're from like a big metropolitan area where there's some kind of outreach from somewhere that they've seen an orchestra or something like that and or there's just some very occasionally there's just a very random thing that happens but 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 most of the time you know it's 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 you know the the, the kids that are applying when they're like 17 
you know, they've, they've just found out. And a lot of people don't even find out what a composer is until much, you know, much later than that. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if there aren't performers who are applying to, uh, to music, to music college or university or whatever as, as, as undergrads that um, have never, um, that don't know that there are any living composers. I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that's a real, I mean, that's a real marked difference from um, Europe and uh, most, uh, many places in Europe, many places in Asia where um, the music education is just, is just very different and, and things are happening much earlier. So, I mean, this is sort of specifically about composers, but that's something that we see, I mean, we see this every year and you know i've been at peabody now this is going to be my i think my 12th year of, of of sitting in auditions you know and um and i've seen it every year without fail that you know this is just um you know and at first it was kind of it wasn't so much of a shock as sort of like oh yeah of course why i guess you know you wouldn't know what a composer is if you know why would you and now it's like this is kind of like yeah i mean it's just it's just it's just a matter of course and I, I don't know. So I just, you know, from 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 my perspective, like how to how to broaden things out. I I I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I just see it from the other side, where you know, um, you know, the other thing is, you know, if you think look at someone like you know Peabody's in Baltimore, um, mm -hmm. the attendance to Baltimore Symphony Orchestra, you know. Um, there's a real cutoff in, in like the the, the the age of people that go to the symphony orchestra. People are older, and not all those people are going, you know, because of socioeconomic things. There are people who go to the symphony orchestra because they got introduced to symphonic music when they were at school and they like it and they want to go. I mean, there are people like that, but once they started cutting these things, there's a whole generation of people now who just don't go to the symphony orchestra because they don't know what it is. They didn't know that there was one, you mm -hmm. know, and you know, and so I can't help tying all of this back to a kind of on a kind of um war on education that's been happening in this country and a kind of um deliberate um uh or a concerted effort to um to um uh, make education something um that is for those with means or those in certain you know or those in in larger kind of metropolitan areas um you know and the other people who are not fortunate to fall into one of those two camps just sort of you know left by the left by the wayside i just uh, you know i just that's a really depressing answer but i think that it's hard for me not to to focus on that thank you for that answer it's honest um i was saving this quote for something else about your music but in an interview you did with uh the Oregon Symphony about remaking a forest. It said something, I think you said something about how an orange isn't a natural thing. We made it. And, you know, about rebuilding and the metaphor of the ship of Theseus, I think it was, that thought experiment. Um, I mean, it sounds like a, a concept that we can apply in this, in this case too, you know. It has morphed into this situation, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the, the orange not being an orange thing was something that floored me when I when I when I. I mean, it's very obvious when you think about it. But like, you know, 
it's amazing the things that we think are, uh, think of as natural that are not. The people have done them. And um, I don't know, there was something I was just doing research into this whole concept of like uh, rewilding and human sort of uh, influence on nature and the environment. And yeah, I mean, you know, you won't see anything anywhere that doesn't talk about oranges as being a natural thing. And I mean, what does natural mean? Well, there, there's no naturally occurring oranges in nature, nor are there lemons, nor are there, there are none of these things. There's, there's one original citrus that everything has been, you know, has come from. And it's just this amazing, I don't know, just, it's a, a kind of a weird perspective shift when you, when you start reading these things. Um, and I don't know, I, I think it's, I think that, that whole, that whole subject is something that really fascinates me. But yeah, I mean, you know, you can, you know, we, yeah, you're right. We construct, we construct environments um, and we construct situations and it's not that it has to be that way. It's just, that's what we've constructed, you know, and surely if we can construct something, we can um, deconstruct it or reconstruct it. Um, that's true. Well, that kind of brings us back to what you were saying about writing your own text. You can change the text if it's not suiting your, not suiting your music. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, and 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 the the these, um, yeah, I mean, these things are constructs, and uh, yeah, and 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 if you if you if you've constructed it, surely you can you can, you know, destroy it or re rebuild it somehow or. or refurbish it i mean you know i mean i you know i yeah that's the that's the optimistic um version of this yeah i think you know it's not required to be optimistic i mean didn't didn't want to bring you to a pessimistic place <laughs> at the end of our conversation today but um i think we covered a lot of ground so Thanks very much for your time. Sure, of course. We're looking forward to the piece, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens in March. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the recording will happen, but... Right, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, I, you know, I'm really excited by the piece. I, you know, at this point, <laughs> I think we're all like, yeah, let's see. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I remember the first... Um, I got really lucky because I had I had a big um, I had this portrait thing at Miller Theatre that happened right before lockdown. I know, and it was like, and actually there were alternate dates that I kind of much preferred, but the ensemble couldn't do. So <laughs> it, that's when it happened. And it, if it had been on these alternate dates, it wouldn't have happened. So I got really lucky with that. And so it was like, oh, and then I didn't have anything for a while. And so I was like. But then the first thing that happened, the first kind of like cancellation thing was like, or postponement was crushing. Yeah. And I mean, I know it was much luckier than, 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 I mean, much more fortunate than some of my, um, some of my colleagues who literally had things like just cancelled, like we don't know when this is going to happen. Like we don't right. know if this ever going to happen again. And, you know, but still I had a postponement and it was crushing. And now it's like, uh, but it's like everything is sort of now it's sort of like, Sort of on a on a uh, uh, everything's a little bit like a wing on a prayer, you know. Yeah, it's basically. Just the, just the way it is, you know. And and I think once you making peace with that is sort of like okay, we'll see. But like also things are beginning to look a bit better, you know. There's 
vaccines potentially and you know i mean i don't know how it we're not going to be stuck in this situation i mean at a, for a bit it looked like we might be in here for like years i don't think that's going to be the case now so this too shall pass eventually yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe my pessimism is so bad that now i'm not quite optimistic because things aren't as bad as i ever you know so. i know i think it's the time to sort of like not worry about it and you know yeah like see see how things happen and you know something will happen in march maybe maybe not but it's almost like if you trust us like to look after the project with you like we'll trust you to look after it with you know that's i think how a lot of collaborations are yeah. going nowadays and i think that's actually really nice it's almost like we've got each other like don't worry it will happen exactly. at some point Ex exactly know? exactly i think it's uh, yeah again i think it's a beautiful thing there's, there's like this kind of it feels like a like a little community again or again or more than it did i don't know but yeah it's true it's true um That'd be okay. <laughs> With that, that sounds like a great place to end. Thank you very much, Oscar. Of course. <laughs> Bye. Bye. For more information about Oscar Bettison and his work, check out the website linked in the show notes below or go to oscarbettison.com. If you would like to learn more about what Talia is up to this season, check out our website linked below. T-A-L-E-A-E-N-S-E-M-B-L-E dot O-R-G or find us on Facebook. Thank you very much for listening and we hope to see you again at the next one.